Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where you're listening today. I'm recording from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Welcome to our Dietitian Connection podcast. My name's Jane Winter from Dietitian Connection, and I'm an accredited, accredited practicing dietitian. Now, there's been a lot of talk and excitement about culinary nutrition recently, and it seems a really natural partnership for dietitians to combine our love of food with the science of nutrition. But we want to know and hear more about what it actually is and how it can be incorporated into our dietetic practice. So we have the perfect guest today, um, Emma Sterling, one of the dietitians who's really leading the charge in this new space. Emma is an advanced APD and the director of Scoop Nutrition Consultancy and an academic specialising in food science, gastronomy and culinary nutrition. Emma's recognised as a really innovative, entrepreneurial and leading dietitian. And at Australian Catholic University, she is the National Culinary Nutrition Science Practice Lead and Course Coordinator of the new Graduate Certificate, certificate in Culinary Nutrition Science. So welcome to our podcast, Emma, and thanks for joining us. Oh, well, that's wonderful, Jane. Yes, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, my first challenge is actually getting my mouth around the word culinary. <laughs> I have no problems actually saying it. I know. And it's a culinary, you know, culinary in some markets and culinary, I think Australians, we tend to say culinary, but culinary is, you know, much more European. Yes. Yeah, so. oh, okay. Let's go yeah. exotic and culinary <laughs> nutrition. So can you tell us, you have really marked out a space here and, and it's really developing a real groundswell of in, yeah. interest and following. And But how have you come to this in your career? Well, it's so interesting, Jane. I think some of the, um, you know, dietitians that are of my generation will, will remember me from the social media days. And so, you know, way back I was, I could, I'm probably quite good at picking trends and forecasting. Um, I probably should have made a huge amount of money in marketing as a forecaster. I quite <laughs> like, I really like love that. watching food trends and nutrition trends and how our world evolves. So, yeah, so um, I've always, though, had a huge love and passion for food and, and I was one of those, you know, high school students that really came to study dietetics through my love of food and cooking. Um, and over 10 years ago now I went to an American um uh, dietetics conference, so the Fancy Conference, and it was in Boston. And we went um, on a satellite tour. I was a member of the Food um, and Culinary Professionals Group of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics at that stage. But we went on this fantastic little satellite out to visit the first university in the US that was training chefs and dietitians in the one degree. So you could do a double mm -hmm. degree in culinary arts and in dietetics. And I thought, oh my goodness, why wasn't that around when I, you know, I studied? All your dreams and, come true. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, um, I'm not as well known for it, but certainly always through my whole career looked at opportunities. I, I've spent years at 
traveling to exotic locations to to do cooking classes and go to food festivals. I kind of did a lot of my CPD outside what we would have called traditional dietetics, spent a lot of time with chefs. And in my consulting work, done a huge amount of um, work in that space. So th- it's a natural progression, but I'm so excited for Australia because we've got a little bit of catch-up work to do, but we, we, there's, there's such interesting things that we're doing um, in this field. Well, I guess for those of us who are even older, um, culinary nutrition was probably a bit of cooking in our course in dietetics, yes. which may yes. or may not have had anything to do with health or uh, gastronomy or sensory enjoyment or anything. That's right. I think I learned when you learn to make croissants. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. And 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 look, we we certainly um, pay you know wonderful credit to our incredible food service, you know, dietitians, um, in, incredible dietitians working in industry, incredible dietitians working community health that run have run cooking interventions for long, long, long time, you know, those in media and marketing and publishing, there's there's dietitians in private practice. There's, we're all doing this work, but this is very, culinary nutrition is very much um, an emerging distinct practice field. It has um, the need for new competencies, uh, new CPD, new areas of practice. And as our world changes, um, this is happening in other markets. You know, there's um, dietitians that will be listening to this in the US and saying, oh, you know, we already, we do we're that. already yeah. quite advanced. Um, and the dietitians in the UK, and um, we'll probably come to talk about this, is many other, um, we keep saying interprofessional practice because in the US, you know, for at least 10 years now, there's been a growing groundswell of uh, medical professionals and doctors very interested in, in what they call culinary medicine. Um, and the teaching kitchen collaborative out, out of you know Boston and Harvard Health. So there's there's it's not just dietitians doing mm. this work, and it's very much interprofessional. Um, there's chefs going off training in botanical cuisine, and you can go in in Ireland do a you know masters of culinary nutrition if you're a chef. So um, it's really just a new practice area, bringing a lot of what we're already very very good at as dietitians um, together. Yeah, which I guess brings us then to. Uh, from your viewpoint, what would you say is the definition of culinary nutrition and, and how can it help dietitians to grow their practice? But what actually is it? Yeah, well, that's so uh, good that you raised that point because there is no distinct dietitian at the moment. And we're, um, that's been my first research project, Jane. So we're in collaboration uh, with some wonderful international collaborators uh, in the US um, and also in some other markets in, in Europe looking at um, a research project currently um, that we will um, have more news on later this year, looking at defining the terms in culinary nutrition because we have culinary medicine, we have culinary nutrition, we have culinary nutrition intervention. uh, We have a lot of of terms going around and we probably need to do um, a job, better job of defining what we mean as part of that practice. Um, so to me personally at the moment, yes. it's really combining our wonderful um, competencies as dietitians in uh, nutrition science and medical nutrition therapy with uh, additional skills and competencies and passion and knowledge in food uh, and culinary arts. So the whole you know t- type of you know cooking side of things, but it's also acknowledging interprofessional practice because we as dietitians will have always. Um, I suppose, have a certain skill sets to add. But collaborating, for example, with a chef that has years more training and, and mm. skills in food 
may be the way to go. Or if you're part, um, we've had a student in the graduate certificate, uh, Naomi, who's from uh, the uh, uh, Children's Hospital in Perth. So they've done a first intervention um, having in their diabetes um, centre for teenagers with type 2 diabetes, uh, sorry, type 1 diabetes, running cooking classes as really as medical nutrition therapy. And that's with the endocrinologist, the dietitian, you know, the, the, the participants coming in um, and really running it as part of their, their medical care, their health care. So it's quite, quite different how it's emerging. Yeah. So how can some dietitians uh, who might be working in a private practice, you know, relatively small setup, may not have access to you know, cooking facilities and, yeah. and those sorts of resources, how can they use culinary nutrition in their one-on-one practice? Yeah, so I think that the pandemic was a wonderful yes. opportunity, Jay, that showed us. Um, and we, I can certainly um, provide some um, couple of journal articles for the show notes for, for listeners. Mm. We we now have evidence that uh, you can effectively run uh, cooking classes online, and in the case of health professional care, you know that could extend into a culinary nutrition intervention as well. So. Uh, we know that, and I um, have obviously been part of this with Dietitian Connection webinars, you know, I just do it by myself in my home mm. kitchen uh, with a laptop and my AirPods in and a <laughs> bit of a script and a whole lot of work shopping and doing, you know, the miss on plus to get all my ingredients in place and, and rehearse and practice. But we have examples of wonderful dietitians already doing this very well. I know, you know, Tracy Hardy um, yes. does this a lot um, with her bush food um, inspired, you know, cook-alongs. So um, it's really about thinking about we know that um, there's that increasing evidence that cooking and related skills and knowledge is associated with health um, and social determinants. Um, and we know that cooking skills are in decline. So it's not as if at the moment it might be thinking about how could I value add to my practice and make this an additional skill. But really, it's not going to be too long before we realise that this is going to be an essential part of our practice mm. because it's it's going to be the pathway to being effective in our um, interventions and our therapy with our clients and our participants. It's, it's going to be the only way because they don't they're losing these skills as, as time goes on. And I guess we've seen it a little bit with a lot of the school kitchen garden programs that are teaching the children so it's gone from the that end of it where you really are totally focusing on just food preparation and and fresh food i don't think anyone yeah i don't think anyone listening today would argue that we know you know we can effectively change behavior through cooking (laughs) interventions and there's many models of that but i think for um up until probably recently and and certainly there's some probably more groundswell in the US, you know, dietitians doing Facebook Live, you know, cooking yeah. classes or, um, you know, private cooking classes out of their practice. Um, we've obviously got um, dietitians like Sue Rad in um, Australia and many others that, that have set up their facilities in their private practice to run um, cooking classes um, or interventions. But, yeah, I would really say it's a call to action is to look at um, it might be a part of a package for that you offer to um, as your private practice. It could mm. be a, a once a month add-on that you yeah. then you it's a value add, or it could just be a service to attract new business. It, it, people are really interested in this, so and as you say, it tool. doesn't it doesn't require massive resources because it can be done by Zoom and that can be in their kitchen. No, you can that's do yours. And I've got 
uh, you know, students all over City yes. <laughs> of Melbourne that would love to come and assist you yeah, if you, yeah, if you need volunteers. Yeah. And what about you mentioned um, a dietitian working in a, a children's hospital? Yes. Dietitians who are in other practice areas other than private practice. Yes. How can they sort of um, incorporate culinary nutrition skills into their practice? Yeah, well, I think they already are. I think I think when we think we have to sort of start to define the scope of skills and competencies in culinary nutrition. So, you know, in simple terms, culinary nutrition is about expert knowledge, skills and experiencing right through at the beginning of sourcing the most incredible ingredients, supply chain knowledge, food sustainability knowledge. You know, you need to know your ingredients well. Then you need to design and and develop your most amazing recipes. You need the food works, you know, competencies. Yes. You need how do you do lab nutrition analysis? You need all that amazing work. Then how do you plate, style, photograph these, these incredible food experiences? And then we're interested, obviously, in this space in what we call commensality, you know, the shared meal. So it's also around the eating environment. It's nudging theory. It's how do we change the bain-maries in a high school canteen so that we nudge, you know, vegetable consumption because it's in the first, um, you know, uh, row that come to. So if you actually think about how we're defining colour nutrition with all these um, competencies, many, many dietitians are working in this space. So we, we don't want to just limit it to you will run a cooking class. That's that's one small competency in in our breadth of what, what we um, are positioning culinary nutrition to be. But certainly in the um, other markets. So the US having teaching kitchens within hospitals is is actually quite a thing. And there's the wow. um, the group, the Teaching Kitchen Collaborative. So that's um, where one of our research partners is Olivia Weinstein, who's at Boston Medical Center. And so they have the Teaching Kitchen within the hospital. They run um, classes for um, antenatal care. So pregnant women come in for their um, antenatal clinic check, but they do a cooking class at the same time. Uh, they have inpatients, you know, in either in mental health or drug and alcohol rehab. They come and do cooking classes. So have they just <laughs> co-opted a bit of the, the kitchens that are already yeah, there? Yeah, it's purpose-built. Right. No, it's purpose-built. Oh, purpose-built. Purpose okay. Yeah. So um, I'll put in the show notes the link to the Teaching mm. Kitchen Collaborative, and they have a, glo- a global map now, which we've joined as um, oh. part of our AC team, tracking teaching kitchens all around the globe. So th- th- there's a huge movement in the U.S., um, the teaching kitchens within the hospitals are also the medical training facility. So, um, you know, there's over 34 medical schools that are now training their doctors in um, culinary nutrition. So they take them into the kitchens to learn the nutrition component of their course. So they come into the teaching kitchen. So, you know, in our clinical model, there's a lot of that work. Obviously, there's incredible community nutrition models uh, that we know. We've talked about, you know, private practice. But then there's all the other dietitians that are working in new fields. So I've got graduates of our course that are at um, working at HelloFresh. Um, we've got, yes. uh, you know, meal delivery. We've got um, cookbook publishing. We've got, uh, you know, whole sports dietitians doing incredible things. Um, Joe Merchant from the AIS has just been down to study the graduate certificate with us. And so she's designing Olympic menus and working out logistics. So, and I guess, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I think about sort of some of the maybe more traditional type dietetic roles, there is still a role like aged care just springs to mind aged in terms huge. of, yes. um, you know, that yeah. sort of mill a- environment. And and the other one that springs to mind is what Sally McRae is doing in Queensland with Luke Mangan in a hospital right. setting. 
amazing. That's right. Um, yeah. So having kitchen gardens, having, mm. um, you know, a la carte um, food service and menu opportunities, um, really raising the, the, the bar and, um, you know, elevating the, the hospital, um, yeah, meal. Experience. So all this, all this really does fall under the field, um, of culinary nutrition. We just don't yet in Australia have well defined competencies in this space and that that's the part of any sort of new emerging field and practice areas that we we just get we get started Um, but of course obviously in the graduate certificate we we cover the the full gamut um across yeah so tell us a little bit more about setting up the graduate certificate and and what that entails and who some of your students are yes yeah so the graduate certificate launched um at the beginning of last year at australian catholic university and it's offered on our sydney and melbourne campuses um, it's really designed, though, for busy uh, working professionals, and it is designed for interprofessional practice. So we've obviously um, attracted our colleagues and have wonderful dietitians come and study with us, but it's open to really anybody who has experience in food. Um, so we've had um, a teacher come and study with us, so teaching food science and food technology at a high school level. We've had chefs come and study with us. Um, we'd love to have some GPs and some medical professionals come. Um, there might be some uh, farmers or agriculturists or food writers or people that are really passionate about food. So it's very much um, set up as interprofessional practice. There's two it, it graduate certificate for those not um, knowledgeable is, is the t- equivalent of four subjects at university. And you, you can do the course over two years, so it's really flexible and self-paced. And so you do two core units. One's a foundation unit called Advanced Culinary Nutrition Science in Practice, and the other one is uh, Foods for Special Diets in Practice. And both of those have uh, online uh, theory, so you can just uh, self-paced theory, um, and then you come and spend about 60 hours for each uh, unit in our commercial teaching kitchens. And we have wonderful trained chefs and us as academics that co-teach together. So it's a very immersive experience. And are they and intensives? The, Sorry, or are they Yeah, spread out? so we yeah. we offer them as two-week block intensives um, and we've also offered a weekend option, so sort of five weekends. But as our new uh, cohorts come in and new students come in, we're really flexible. We, we really want to make not make the cooking a barrier because the cooking mm. is is fundamental you know the 60 hours is fundamental um you know we really stretch you with new we you know we challenge you with new ingredients challenging you new equipment we use the sous vide you know we challenging you with new um yeah the whole new skills and competencies so we really feel that that applied learning is is appropriate that said we also offer um both the core units as, as micro-credentials, as short courses. So if you're um, not able to get to Sydney and Melbourne, then we've had, you know, we had the um, two students uh, of ours who are dietitians working at Sprout Cooking School in Adelaide fly Adelaide, in yep. to do the, you know, to do the two weeks because they were committed to do the course. So um, you can take the course as these shorter uh, micro-credentials and you could just do the theory, for example, um, and sign up for that as a micro-credential. Mm-hmm. And so that, are yeah, there sorry. prerequisites? Sorry, it's a graduate no, certificate. No, no, okay. no, no. So obviously uh, looking at the entry requirements, it's a degree um, that you hold a degree 
or we recognise that some chefs um, have obtained years of industry experience. So um, it's a degree or equivalent industry right. experience. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, um, yeah. So back to two two core units, yep. and then you get to do two electives where we have all these incredible study tours and and a whole suite of offerings. Um, in that yeah, study. and we'll get to we'll get to one of the study tours that I saw um, recently in a minute. Um, yeah. Just so you're also um, for Dietitian Connection are going to be running a uh, workshop yes. um, just prior to our Dietitians Unite event in May. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what, is that just a taste to sort yeah. of get a feel for what culinary Ab- nutrition is all about? Absolutely. So at that workshop, um, and we, um, I think there's still a few spots available. Yes, so we'd love, we, it's, it's been popular, but there are some spots. So we'd love to see you. We'll be um, obviously in Melbourne. Um, that's the day before um, the main event, the workshop. And we are going to focus on uh, probably something that's not as as easy for dietitians to get their ha- handle on is is the whole sensory side of the eating experience. So that you know whether it's that incredible you know mouthfeel or the snap you know crackle mm. pop of different food, um, looking at. Um, Everything that we know about anosmia and porosmia, so the, the talking about the the, the whole um, side of uh, sensory sites and how we perceive flavors and aromas, and we're going to do that. I'm also heading into the sensory sites of a kind of a new newer field called gastrophysics. Gastrophysics um, has been pioneered by Professor Charles Spence, who's um, out of Oxford University in the UK. And we're very, very um, lucky to have Charles guest lecture into the graduate certificate and and be working with us. And Charles is all about uh, how we manipulate the sensory environment to actually change our multi-sensory perception of the food we eat. Uh, to give you a, a very quick example, um, his work is very extensive and he's done incredible work with people like Heston Blumenthal and top chefs I was chefs about to say, surely, yeah. like when you talk yeah. gastrophysics, it's the first person that pops yeah. into your mind, yeah. isn't they, it? they are in, in a lot of publications together. And so one example would be if you want to enhance the umami notes in a dish, yes. say you've got something that you really are trying to, uh, like a plant-based dish with a mushroom base that you're really trying to make um, enhance that umami flavour, really maybe it's for flexitarians who are looking to, who are a bit unsure about replacing mm. meat, but you really want this beautiful umami flavour. Charles's work is, you know, you might plate that on a very dark um, coloured plate rather than on a white plate and, and you use these other sensory cues t- to actually wow. enhance enhance that um, enhance that um, perception. So people that had the um, mushroom-based, plant-based, meal on the uh, on the darker plate had a higher ratings of umami perception than those on a wide plate so he very very fascinating research but he does all the senses um, yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, so that's the taste of what we're going to do. So you're going to come with us to the workshop. You're going to we're going to have an hour and a half lecture with lots of taste testings and sensory experiences. We're going to move into the teaching kitchens um, and and challenge you to cook along with a partner and then enjoy our meal together. Actually, get your hands dirty. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned the the study tours that are part of the your graduate certificate, and yeah. recently um, I saw on LinkedIn an amazing study tour of Bali. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what that involved? Like how long was it, and how did you organise it, and what was yes. what did they do? Yeah. So we were, we offered the uh, because culinary nutrition um, at ACU we integrate obviously um, it's not just the graduate certificate, so we've integrated culinary nutrition as a key focus area in our whole undergraduate 
degree um, and also in our um, new Masters of Dietetic Practice. So culinary nutrition is sort of a big practice area for us. So the the study tour to Bali was uh, in January. It was offered to all of our students across different units to allow them to come. Um, For dietitians that are listening in the graduate certificate, it was a two-week study tour, but there was also a three-week extension which offered um, more working community engagement. So they went off to these incredible UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Bali um, and looked at the rice, you know, fields that is obviously um, in uh, in threat and looked at um, some sustainability um, projects and and, uh, assistance for um, local farmers. So you can do a two-week experience or a three-week experience depending on the the adventure you choose. Mm. Choose your own adventure every day. Um, But we partnered with uh, a local university, Udiana University, on some of that research. We also partnered with um, Janet Deneuf, who, or Deneuf, is an Australian who moved to Bali uh, many, many years ago and uh, married a Balinese and has uh, the Casa Luna Cooking School um, and is very instrumental and founded the Bali uh, Food and Writers, uh, sorry, the Food Festival and also the Writers Festival. So um, out of the Bali bombing, she wanted to do something to really give back to Bali. So these are big um, international events now. So we did some project work in support of those as well. Well, certainly it looked amazing and it sounds amazing and I'm sure the students all just loved it. Um, Do you have other study tours coming up? Yeah, look, I mean, I should just a plug for for Bali, James. You know, we talk a lot about, we love the Mediterranean diet, of course. Um, We talk about, you know, the Okinawan Mm. diet. We talk about the blue zones. But, you know, we we don't, we, we forget sometimes that in our own backyard we have, this incredible, you know, uh, the Balinese food culture um, and with the um, Balinese Hinduism influences, I mean, is is one of the most rich, you know, cultural culinary experiences I've ever had in my in my life, yes. you know. And it's still they've relied so heavily on tourism over the years that you can really go a stone throw out of a major. Um, you know, part of value, you know, up the road from a board, people are still living very much as subsistence farmers. Um, so I would really encourage people not to discount that come with us because we go off the beaten trail yeah. and really got to experience some absolutely incredible things. And the, the flavor balance and the variety of food ingredients and the way they all, everyone in the family still cooks and prepares food is, is quite incredible. But uh, being the Catholic University, we have a campus in Rome. <laughs> and convenient. We're off, <laughs> which is very convenient. And we're off in July to our Rome study tour, again, a two-week or a three-week option. Uh, and that will be uh, much more a deep dive into, um, you know, slow, wonderful food movements, um, the history and gastronomy of Italian food culture, uh, food production, um, food, um, agro, you know, tourism. You know, we all love Italian food and we all yeah. would love to go to Italy. So Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a great, going to be, I feel very privileged to have two two trips this year, um, <laughs> a study tours, yeah. And just when you mentioned the, you know, Balinese, the heritage of, of their traditional diet, it made me think, is there... Um, much of a components of indigenous um, foods in your in the culinary nutrition course. Yes, no. So in our foods, but um, obviously we um, are, are deeply invested in integrating as much as we can, um, and certainly um, looking at 
opportunities if anyone's listening that has opportunities we'd love to you know collaborate and hear from you uh we have um partnered with tracy hardy our yep. one of our um d um dietitian australia board members and an indigenous um, proud indigenous you know dietitian um tracy's been one of our guest lecturers in the food for special diet so really looking again at the practicalities of this practice area about being you know responsible sourcing of um, native bush food ingredients um, you know, how to um, uh, culturally, you know, um, appreciate and not appropriate, mm, yeah. um, really um, working with um, cultural safe practice in that space, but being, you know, innovative and creative and and um, sourcing some in- incredible um, uh, tools um, as you go. You must be, when you look, stand back, if you have a minute to stand back and look <laughs> at the course, you must be so yeah. excited at what you've been able to develop with ACU. Yeah, no, look, it's a dream come true, really, Jane. I think that, um, as I said, you know, it was probably now 12, 13 years ago that I went to that conference in the US mm. and it was always an idea, of, you know, I might do something there one day. And we certainly, I certainly have been chipping away. I know it, you know, I spoke at a dietitian connection pre-pandemic, you know, I, I gave a taste of culinary yeah. nutrition back then. Um and but yeah, to have the um, support of the university, and I, I I have to mention it's not just me. You know, our discipline mm. lead Sharon Croxford um, is an in- incredible you know forecaster and pioneer in being able to make this happen. Um, in Sydney, we um, we have Karen Kingham, dietitian that's joined our team, um, and obviously you know many other as part of our broader team that have, have made it possible. Uh, but yeah, we we feel that it's really helped us with this groundswell in Australia to. Um, kind of I suppose catch us up a little bit but to to provide us with a distinct uh culture of what culinary nutrition is going to be for our already vibrant you know workforce in Australia I think there's huge opportunities um for dietitians here and around the globe oh absolutely so just um to to wrap all of that up <laughs> in a nice little package um what would you say you sort of Top maybe three tips are for dietitians who want to expand into this world. How would you suggest they go about it? Yeah, so I think um, firstly I would say um, is don't discount your own, you know, skills, knowledge and experience. And I know a lot of dietitians that just love food and they may not see it as part of their traditional practice, mm. but they're all off doing really wonderful things. So be be uh, confident in your own, you know, skills and, and experience already. Um, number two would be though to 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 recognize the gaps in in those skills and to seek out um, professional development, whether that's listening to this podcast, coming to our you know event um, at Dietitians mm. Unite, coming to study the graduate certificate with us, or things that you do, whether it's you know a food and culture walking tour you do in your hometown, or, or seek out a cooking class, or a cultural partner that you want to come and do you know do a project with so always um looking for new opportunities um to learn and then really thinking about your current practices actually not you know maybe if you're an icu dietitian and you're never really talking to people about food but i i've really mapped this and i've we've had a, a strong strong interest in dietitians that are coming to study with us I've yet to see one area of practice where you couldn't integrate culinary nutrition, whether it may not be a full medical nutrition therapy, but we don't eat nutrients. We eat food mm. and we need often need to cook our food. And so a lot of the um, skills, knowledge, experience and competencies we're talking about um, really are relevant to you. You probably just 
need to think a little bit more outside the box of um, what you're currently doing in your practice. And I mean, the idea of teaching kitchens within hospitals, um, it's still a surprise to some dietitians yeah, that are listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think also most of us have a fairly meandering career path. You know, we sort of, it changes, there ebbs and flows. Yes. And so it may not be relevant to your immediate workspace That's at right. this minute, but, you know, who knows where you're going to go to right. after that. There's grants out there to apply for a small projects. You could have a side hustle yes. in the farmer's market on the week. I mean, we all start, a lot of these new practice areas start that way. Um, but certainly I'd love to um, uh, speak, to, you know, very open to speaking to anyone. I'm happy to share um, my contact details in the show notes. Um, we're really, um, we're looking at informally putting um, some opportunities, whether it's um, in LinkedIn or down the track, looking at a way we can get a bit of a practice group um, going for Australia um, so that we can all integrate, not just, you know, obviously our graduates from the course, but integrate um, and, and communicate a little bit more effectively. So um, watch this space, really. There's a lot <laughs> lot happening in culinary nutrition. We will for sure. And we will, as you say, we'll put um, some of the resources you've mentioned in the show notes. Um, remember that our Dietitian Connection Culinary Nutrition workshop is being held on Thursday the 11th of May in Melbourne. Um, limited spaces, but there are still some spots available. Um, and you can register in conjunction with the Dietitians Unite event on the 12th of May in Melbourne. And we'll also put a link um, to register to those in our show notes. Uh, and we just really, really appreciate your time and your enthusiasm and passion for it comes across so clearly, Emma. Um, and we look forward to all dietitians being culinary nutrition experts in the future no thanks jade i mean I, I i do truly believe it'll be part of our competency set that we'll all have to have down the track but yeah i've i do thank dietitian connection because uh i think you you know you're just as innovative and, and pioneering and you really um have given me good you know platforms um over the last few years to kind of start to spread the word but we've really got ground groundswell now so um, i'm really excited and i'd love to connect um with anyone that's doing something passionate or interesting in this space that I haven't yet heard about, um, I'd love to, to hear from you. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time. It's been a joy, Emma. Thanks. Thank you. To get all of the links and resources we discussed in this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. And if you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review and a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. Tell us what you thought of this episode, what you learnt, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We value hearing from you, and we really appreciate your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.